Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Hello, everyone. Welcome to, I guess, episode zero of Silver and Gold. I am the loaf, Mr. Piccolo, and, and I <laughs> am, yeah, yeah. We're here, Zom. baby. This is Dr. Zom. Oh, yeah! And, uh, yeah, the reason I say this is episode zero, because this is going to be our little uh, working out the bugs kind of episode. So we're going to shoot the shit, probably like we'll do every week. And um, see where we can go from there. And um, so I guess first, what we'll do in this inaugural episode, we will kind of introduce ourselves. Um, you guys may know me from Gentleman's Guide, the few times I've been on there. And um, Sam has made some guest appearances on shows. He's a celebrity feedbacker on the Gentleman's Guide. And... Um, so, yeah, Zom, do you want to give everybody a little primer on you? Um, well, I'm from Kentucky. Um, I like the Kentucky Wildcats. I love, um, you know, really hard uh, speed metal. Uh, um, I have a wife and a new baby. And my best friend is uh, Will from Canada, who you may know. Uh, we co-host the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema um, bringing class to trash since 1977. Big fan, big fan. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, got a um, a couple of southern boys here, and we're gonna try and get on here and uh, tell you what it's all about. Yeah, so you you guys probably heard the uh, wrestling intro. Both Sam and I are wrestling enthusiasts. Um, no, the show not is not about wrestling, but uh, I'm sure we will talk about it probably every episode in some way, fashion, or form. And um, but really, we are reviewing a couple movies a week, just like the standard format that you probably used to. All three of our listeners that we'll have, um, and uh, this week, like I said, not doing the two movies, just kind of going to talk about kind of what we're into. Um, and what we've been watching lately and working out the bugs, and hopefully it sounds good. So um, Zom's bringing a little more knowledge, I think, to this whole thing. Um, I've talked about this on the air before, but um, I'm, still a, I'm still quite the newbie when it comes to uh, genre films. Um, the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later, I think. Uh, <laughs> Zom gave me a hard time yesterday about a certain, uh, a certain actor, but... Um, I, uh, let's see. I am not. I couldn't help myself, baby. <laughs> it was just outstanding that it, it, it was a, an affront 
to all that is genre cinema, Daddy. That's all I got to say about that. We'll talk about it later. The uh, yeah, Dusty. Thank you. Um, the <laughs> so I um I, I, let's see a little about me. Uh, I'm really I'm, I've been into kung fu movies. I guess that was my um, intro to genre films. I used to watch the the uh, kung fu theater back in the when I was a kid. Came on after cartoons Saturday afternoon. So that was my intro and. Um, I guess uh, now I'm kind of into a little bit of everything. I'm not. I'm, I've never really been into horror. Well, not as an adult anyway. Um, I'll watch it, but not my favorite. Um, I, was, I, I lean towards the action genre, so you might see a little bias there. And um, so, yeah. So, I, I, go ahead. I, I'm sort of. I'm sort of. Hang on. Way. Um, Say that, start that uh, again. With the, with the horror. Exactly. Um, uh, sort of the same way, yeah. Start that again. Start Am that again. Sorry, you. I just lost you for a second there. Oh. well. Um, I was just going to say that uh, sort of the same way um, with you as far as the hara genre goes. Um, I'll watch it, and I think here recently I've grown to uh, appreciate it a little bit more because uh, I've been watching some with uh, some of my friends, uh, like uh, the Crazies and and. Um, Oh, insidious and stuff like that. And I have fun watching it by watching their reactions, but I've never been like a big fan of Hara. Sure, me neither. So um, let's see. Um, I guess we could talk about the show a little bit. Um, I, you know, I already said we're going to review a couple movies a week. The, the name Silva and Gold um, completely swiped from The Gentleman's Guide. I guess you can consider us a spinoff. We're like the empty nest to the the gentleman's guides, golden girls, um, we We're the uh, bastard stepchildren, the bastards, redheaded bastard stepchildren of the gentleman's guide. So they are baby factories, and we are in fact spawn of them. Um, and my pubes are red right now, bright, bright just, red. But that's just because I dyed them. The heat, the, the, coming, the drapes, <laughs> and the uh, carpet do not match. <laughs> so the. Um, Silva and Gold, Henry Silva, completely swiped from the Gentleman's Guide, but that's okay. So um, we're going to try it. I don't know if it'll work out, but what we're going to do is try to have uh, a couple films every week that match at least loosely, somewhat thematically. Um, Silva, Henry Silva, of course, and Gold being gold, like gold cinema? Good cinema. Yeah. Silver, Silva, Gold. Yeah. Pretty obvious. So... I don't know how long that'll last. We'll see. Um, at least for now, we're going to try to uh, have a little theme action going. And um, you guys will like our official first episode, our uh, hand-picked films by The Gentleman's Guide. And, yeah. So, Zom, did you want to add anything? or? Um, well, uh, my intro for myself was a little bit facetious <laughs> as um, – is I like to say down in uh, Georgia, baby. But um, actually, I'm pretty old. So uh, when Loaf says that uh, my knowledge is maybe more vast, that's just because I'm like uh, an old man. Uh, grew up um, in the 70s in the in the heat of the uh, genre film world. Uh, going to the drive-in, going to see you know Charles Bronson, Jan Michael Vincent, Peter Fonda, and uh, movies like that. Always grew up liking um, um, old you know car movies. Um, like I said, Peter Fonda was a big fan back then. Uh, Dennis Hopper. 
And a lot of westerns, a lot of, uh, you know, Dirty Harry, Robert Blake, and Electric Glide and Blue, and Billy Jack, and Buford Pusser. Uh, just just um, a lot of different kinds of movies, and I had pretty cool parents as far as uh, what they liked. So um, I got to see some good shit. That's, real, that's, that's, that's a big help, because another thing, I guess, working against me is that my parents didn't really ever do the movie thing. So a lot of what I discovered was on my own and without cable. I didn't have cable until I was probably hmm. 12, 13 years old. So um, when we got cable, it was about when Motley Crue had hit their, pe- their peak. So instead of movies, I went to MTV and started watching hair metal. So um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, well, you know, you know I, uh, go ahead. There's so much stuff out there, and there's so much stuff available right now. Even someone who, who uh, you know, has seen a lot of stuff, and and some of the guys that we're friends with, I just feel like I'm dwarfed by the stuff they've seen. Definitely. But there's so much stuff available that that uh, there's no way that you can see everything. And that's what's cool about the community that we're in. Everybody, you know, is pretty good friends, and we all share and have recommendations, and we all have our own little niche. And uh, it's just uh, – it's cool to be a part of it. And now every single one of us has a podcast as well. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, a little short intro here. I guess we'll take a break, and we'll come back and just uh, talk about some stuff we've watched recently and make it a nice, short, sweet show. And we'll be right back. GGTMC Live for you. Fresh, yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. talk about it again in a second but uh and i'm really glad the chorus happens very quickly because that's the part everybody likes to sing so all right we're back and um we're gonna talk about a little bit of you know what we've been watching lately so some i'll let you uh go first there well i've been watching some stuff um a a wide cornucopia of cinema and um the first thing I watched, uh, I purchased a few uh, DVDs, got my new TV, got my Blu-ray player. Uh, so I've been searching Oot some um, – Oot? You know, Blu-ray. Yeah, yes, searching Oot, the the uh, Blu-ray, the elusive Blu-ray uh, on the cheap on the internet. 
Uh, one of my first uh, ones that I picked up uh, here in the past few weeks was the movie Salt with Angelina Jolie and uh, Liev Schreiber. Um, I saw it before. Now this is the, the giant extra. Ex- it has like three different versions of the end of the movie. Um, it has uh, like cinema scope. So Kira Knight or Kira Knightley. I'm sitting here looking at Kira Knightley. I need to shut this off. Uh, the <laughs> cinema scope of uh, get your hand out Angel- of your Well, no, uh, I'm not going to do that because that does not interfere with my speech, if you will. Um, <laughs> not yet. But they, anyway. <laughs> well, not. To- <laughs> uh, but uh, Angelina Jolie in this movie, you know, she's good. She can do action. But I have a big problem with her, and that is the fact that uh, for some reason she has decided to become almost like anorexic looking. And um, I I don't know if I want to say it takes me out of it, but the entire time all I'm thinking is, my God, she has really big hands, uh, really big, long, bony wrists, and she's so skinny that I feel sorry for her, Mm. you know. And – but then – Watching that and then going back and watching the original Tomb Raider, I'm like, oh, my God, she is so freaking smoking in that, you know. And when, I know people get older and everything, but she just looks haggard. When when was the first Tomb Raider? I, I've never seen any Tomb Raider movies. So. Uh, dude, uh, if you're going to continue on telling me all these movies that you haven't seen, uh, we're, <laughs> it's just there's going to be a – Fucking big problem, well, I, you. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Jolie fan in general, so um, yeah, but I haven't really ever like, saw her movies. If you like really big boobs, if you're like a fan of big boobs, uh, Tomb Raider is um, – and, and, and uh, The Cradle of Life. Uh, first of all, you get to see uh, the emergence of uh, Daniel Craig in Tomb Raider and in uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, Cradle of Life. <laughs> filmed in 2003 or released in 2003, you get to see the emergence of Gerard Butler. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I like the movie a lot. One of the main reasons is I like uh, Liev Schreiber, uh, and I like to watch him do his thing. Had a lot of action, you know, a lot of um, – uh, it was good. It wasn't great. So uh, it, it was it was just okay. Moving right along from that, uh, I picked up out of the uh, bargain basement Walmart cheapo bin, Assassins with Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Oh, Banderas. He's in this, and um, I saw this when it first came out in the theater because that was when Banderas and Stallone – you went to see anything that came out with Stallone. you know? Sure. And um, – this was when Stallone was really branching off into his I'm trying to look intelligent and look like a total fucking yuppie uh, <laughs> thing. Um, the clothes he wears, the little round glasses that you saw in Tango and Cash. Yeah, was, Cash, Tango, was Tango and Cash the first I, appearance of the of preppy Stallone? I, do, I don't know because it might have been uh, um, Rocky – uh, was it the third one oh. where he he suddenly grew? Yeah, remember he grew back his brain cells in the first two. He had like <laughs> almost like a punch drunk brain damage fighter, an and then he grew back Hulk his brain story. cells. Yeah, and and he slimmed down. He was a heavyweight at like 150 pounds, and you know he had the the, the fucking you know combed back styled hair and everything. 
But anyway, um, this movie, um, when I saw it in the theater, the one thing I remembered most about it is, is at that time, I didn't know who Antonio Bandaras was. And then I saw this movie, and I was like, man, this guy, he's got some charisma. And you want to talk about chewing the scenery. Oh, yeah. Bandaras goes, I mean, he is all out out there in this movie. Um, Jillian, or was it Julian Moore? Uh, Julianne Moore? Yeah, Julianne Moore. Right. She's in it, and um, I've liked her in things before, but she can she can be annoying to me. You know, I, I don't know why. Uh, uh, don't let weather you say that. Well, that's his lady. I'm down. I'm, I'm telling. You, I'm usually down with the redheads, and I think she's good looking. But and she does definitely have no problem with uh, showing uh, her, the, the flesh. Oh yeah, liked her in that in the uh, Hannibal movie where she took over for the, in the Jodie Foster role. But um, God, I can't remember what the movie was called with her and Samuel L. Jackson. Ooh. And she like they were looking for her her child. I um, saw that in the theater. What was that? She 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 screamed and cried so much in it that I it just gave me like a block. I I couldn't get an erection. Uh, looking at her ever again because I was like, oh my god, she's so annoying. Uh, um, wasn't it like... Uh, was it the Far... No. Um, far from chill, Something no. Land. Freedom Land. Freedom Land, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've liked her in other stuff, though. Uh, this movie, uh, Assassins, you know, if, if you like action movies, it's pretty good. And like I said, the, the main reason to watch it is... Um, to watch Stallone be a, try and be a yuppie, and to watch uh, Bandaras, and he's out of fucking control, baby. She's um, in a movie coming up soon with De Niro called Another Bullshit Night in Suck City. Well, you know, I'll give it a shot. You know, she just <laughs> as long as she's not, and she's she's very young in this. This probably had to have been one of her uh, one of her very early roles because she she's you know. A, a, a wee sprig in this, you know. She plays like a young chick. Yeah. Um. Out after that, um, I'll go a little bit quicker on some of these because I got a long list here. Uh, Goldeneye, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, James Bond movie. I like this one. I, when it when it first came out, I liked it, and that's the first movie I think I might have seen Sean Bean in. If I played not, the shit out of Patriot video games. games. How was the video game? Oh. I, if yeah, it's it's uh, if you're if you're of someone of my age, mid thirties now, you probably played the shit out oh. of Goldeneye back in the uh, mid nineties. It was uh, well, I remember it. The game got really good reviews, uh, and I loved the movie. And I thought, man, I would I would like to play, but I'm not like a huge gamer. Uh, but I almost went and got it. But I it was a lot of fun. I we used to play. You old. could play against other people, which was really cool. So yeah. Um, and Famke Johnson, uh, that's the first time I saw her, and I would let her squeeze the poop out of me, uh, definitely, with her thighs. She was hot. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Pierce Brosnan? I I had no problems with him as James Bond. I thought he was um, – I know they're going in another direction with Daniel Craig, uh, mm-hmm. and rumor has it that you know they have even ditched him and – Maybe Tom Hardy might be taken over, but they're going for that rough, rugged, you know, little pit bull kind of a James Bond guy. But uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan, to me, um, you know, the way I grew up with Connery and Roger Moore, 
uh, and George Lazenby. You know, Bond was supposed to be this, you know, good-looking, charismatic um, ladies' man, but very, very classy. Yeah. You know, and uh, I just don't get that with uh, with the Craig. He's like uh, Wolverine and uh, Jason Bourne, like James Bond. But um, I, I, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Um, the hell did I even write down here? <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote down. Oh, Ironclad. Ironclad uh, is a new movie that just came out on DVD. I think it was a straight to DVD. Uh, release. Dr. J, I think, said he saw it at a uh, film festival down in Texas, uh, and he really liked it. Uh, James uh, uh, Perfroy, the guy from Resident, the first Resident Evil, is the star, and uh, Paul Giamatti's in it, and um, also Brian Cox. And man, let me tell you something. If you know Dr. Zom, you know Dr. Zom loves Cox. This movie has some <laughs> of the uh, most gratuitous sword hacking scenes, these big, huge battles, and guys are getting like cut from their shoulder to their sternum, head split right in two from top all the way down. Let me, let me uh, just say, though, Giamatti in armor and a like, helmet just looks a little bizarre. <laughs> well, he's, he's, um, he's a, uh, actually uh, King John. And King John was a fucktard uh, and a real asshole. So you know they did the uh, Magna Carta and said, "Look, King John, you're a you you may be the king, but you're you're such an asshole that we want our independence from you." And then he went and got some uh, big hairy guys from the north to back him up, and came back and tried to uh, tried to uh, take back over. But Giamani, uh, much like Bandadas in Assassins, uh, is over the top in this. I think they just said, look, dude, um, we're going to give you some crystal meth and some rails and blow, and we want you to go to your trailer and fucking just do as much as you can, then come out and read your lines. So he was he was pretty good. Not a great it. movie. I love over I the never, top Giamatti. Yeah, well, I've never even heard of it. I, and and that's why I was I I went into it really, um, you know. Some of my friends will bring movies to watch that. I'm, uh, there's times where you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll give it a chance. And I was surprised because I actually sat through it and I I thought it was pretty good. Um, next one, which I've seen a bunch of times, was Basic with John Travolta and um, Connie Nielsen, Samuel Jackson. And um, I liked it. I've I've always kind of liked it. It has kind of a Rashomon, you know, where two or three guys are telling what happened, and you have to figure out what really happened. Mm-hmm. I had a um, not a dust up, but a uh, a little uh, a little thing with uh, fake shemp because I said I thought you know I found Connie Nielsen to be very attractive in this, and she plays an, a, an army. Um, um, you know, officer in this, and she's got the short hair and everything, but just the way she carries herself and everything, we just kind of made Dr. Zom's, you know, corn nubbin go a little bit. Aha. And uh, so he, he expressed that I was probably the only person on the planet that found Connie Nielsen attractive. Okay. So I had to get on Facebook and, uh, and do a, uh, a question, Connie Nielsen hot or not. And I will say that uh, I think several of our friends, uh, proved fake shemp wrong. 
Check it. Just just do a quick uh, anybody do a quick uh, Google search, image search, Connie Nielsen, N I E L S E N, and um, you you won't be disappointed. Yeah, she's got yeah she got big boobs. Uh, she's she's tall and thin, but she's got big boobs, which you can't beat that. You know, I do like a little bit more butt. But, you know, what are you going to do? This is a family <laughs> podcast, so we're going to stay away from that right now. This is a fucking family um, podcast. Yes. Goddamn. Uh, and speaking of goddamn, uh, my next movie was Godfather Part 2, um, which has been talked about endlessly as one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, still love it. Um, reading a book about um, the uh, crazy Joe Gallo and his brother who kind of tried to take over – a mob family in New York in the uh, 60s. <coughs> Excuse me. I need a drink of the water. water. Um, I'm trying to keep some agua down my throat. It's parched, man. Um, but uh, you can see um, a lot of the stuff that Mario Puzo, if you read a lot about uh, – organized crime in the, in the Italian mafia in the United States. There's a lot of stuff that he drew from that was real that he uh, put in his novel. Um, love the scenes with um, Al Pacino and Hyman Wolf, who was um, Lee Strasberg from the actor studio. Uh, it's good stuff there. Um, but, you, you know, like I said, that, that movie's been talked almost to death. Do you prefer it's, one or two? Uh, yeah, probably have to go with one, you know, and uh, uh, just because it was the, it's the original, and I I like the backstory in two mm-hmm. with all the you know stuff with De Niro and uh, you know it's it's just brilliantly shot, uh, period piece, uh, the first half or first half depending on what version you watch when it's shown, but uh, just excellent, and De Niro was just fantastic in that, but. Still, the first one with the cast they had, I love Sterling Hayden, uh, Lenny Montana as Luca Brazzi. That's our pro-wrestling connection this week, baby, because Lenny Montana (laughs) was a great professional wrestler back in the day, if you will. Uh, And Duvall, James Caan, Jesus Christ. Well, he wasn't in it, but, you know, a lot of people were. Um, But the next one uh, also got some sheep. Sheep. From fake shimp about not having ever seen uh, when Harry met Sally. So while I was busting your balls about <laughs> having not seen a couple of movies that we'll talk about later, uh, he was busting my balls because I had never seen when Harry met Sally. That one I could bust your balls about because this is one that's been on TV countless times, and I've probably well, seen it countless times. Yeah, I always saw the. Uh, you know, they showed over and over and over the clip of Meg Ryan doing the fake orgasm scene in the caf- uh, the uh, you know, the little cafeteria cafe or whatever. Taking out of context, uh, I could see how that could be a. Uh, <laughs> but a but you know, Billy Crystal was was just awesome. That's probably one of the best you know movies he's ever been in. And Meg Ryan back in the day, oh my God, she was so she. You talk, they talk about Sandra Bullock or somebody like that being the girl next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg Ryan was about the cutest thing you know ever, and unfortunately, she destroyed her looks. Instead of uh, aging gracefully, she went down the uh, plastic surgery route, Oof. and now she has lips 
like a duck. Duck lips. Duck lips. Duck lips are not good. Mm -mm. Um, I I wrote this down, and I haven't seen the movie, but I watched a clip of it (laughs) because I wanted to see – I wanted to kind of get an idea of it. Um, And that's Go-Go Tales, Abel Ferrara, uh, with Willem Dafoe and uh, Asia or Aisa Argento. And the clip that I watched, because this is what I wanted to see, was uh, she plays a stripper, and the whole thing takes place in a a strip joint. Willem Dafoe um, is like the manager, MC, and all that. Is um, she gets on stage and she's kind of a an S and M sort of uh, motif stripper, Mm -hmm. and she brings a big Rottweiler on stage with her. And while she dances around the pole and swings around, and she's so pasty white and looks like you know she's probably on heroin, um, she comes off the pole, gets on her hands and knees, crawls across the stage to this big Rottweiler, and starts French kissing it. Hey. And if you want to test your, I don't know, your attraction to bestiality, or her, if you want to test your gag reflex, watch that. <laughs> Oh. It it did nothing for the Zom, um, and I find I have I find her to be sort of attractive, but she's pretty. She's like I said, she just almost looks like uh, when they when they say the term heroin chic, right? Uh, yeah, that's kind of. But, but she has big boobs. She's an and she has she's an attractive in a don't take her home to mom kind of way. Yeah, and 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 uh, I, I don't know. She looks like she might stink too. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe because you know I, I don't know why. Because I know it's just an American thing, and it, 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 it may have gone on. But like in Europe, a lot of women, at least in the past, didn't shave their armpits and stuff like that. But I've seen pictures of her, and she has like the hairy armpits, and it just you know I'm not into the hair. Not, <laughs> not for me. No, not for me at all. Um, Friends of Eddie Coyle, um, I just happened to be – because I've been sick the last couple of days and I've been doing a lot of just hanging out on the computer. Um, saw that uh, uh, Peter Yates had died in July, and he died when I was at the beach, so I, I, I don't think I was aware of it. Either that or I forgot. Mm-hmm. So uh, went and found uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, rewatched it, and um, – uh, it's one of those movies I think I could watch probably, you know, over and over and over, and I have. Um, just excellent, um, excellent characters. Richard Jordan was just fantastic. Peter Boyle, uh, Stephen Yates, no relation. Um, he was really good in it. And of course, Mitchum. And just uh, some of the shots uh, were just were just fantastic. And um, it's, it's, I saw this movie when I was a kid uh, with my dad, and um, it's weird how your perspective is because, say, with this movie, when I saw it as a kid, I remember thinking, God, this movie sucks. It's boring. It sucks. Uh, you know, why doesn't it have more action? You know, it, what are they doing? It's just boring. You know, they're not doing anything. Right. And now I watch it, and I'm like, oh, my God. It is so fucking good. It's so subtle, and it's not, um, you know, over the top, whatever. And I hate to, I beg to differ with some of our friends 
because the movie The Town that Ben Affleck directed, it does it could not hold this movie's jockstrap. I, I, I remember care. you calling. I mean, that's just I've been. It's it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Um, it I know some people like that movie, and I thought it was mediocre. Uh, it was shot okay and everything, but I I compared it, and that's what Will and I kind of had a discussion about. I compared it more to the movie Heat mm-hmm. than I would ever compare it to Friends of Eddie Coyle. But um, moving on from there, got into a little bit of a Behringer thing. Which bled over into the to uh, a couple of the movies that you haven't seen. Um, uh, Girls on Film podcast. That's a shout out to the to the ladies, the ladies. if you will, of the Girls on Film podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Daddy. Um, they reviewed at Doctor Zom's uh, recommendation, uh, Fear City, starring Tom Berenger, and. Um, so after listening to their review, which got me all ramped up for some Behringer, uh, I got on the Comcast in demand, free in demand, and watched Someone to Watch Over Me, uh, which is kind of a um, a favorite of my sister, my older sister and I, uh, from back in the day, um, and uh, it's a pretty good movie. It's a it's a thriller. Uh, Behringer is a is a um, uh, kind of a beat cop who just gets promoted to detective, and one of the first things he has to do is uh, kind of bodyguard Mimi Rogers, who has who is a, a rich, uh, kind of a rich, famous uh, socialite who has seen her uh, boyfriend get uh, murdered by the one-armed guy from The Fugitive, uh, the movie The Fugitive. Right, and uh, I can't remember what his name is, but man, he plays a good villain because he's an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but it's a pretty good movie. Um, I've, uh, that's one that I think the ladies would like as well as uh, as some of the gentlemen, if you will. Uh, Ridley Scott. Um, I I read somewhere or saw an interview, maybe with Behringer, and if you watch the movie, you'll notice that everything is smoky. He likes to shoot light through like kind of smoke right or like a haze so no matter what they're doing or where they're at he must put these like not fog machines but he get, it's almost like the somebody they had probably a hundred people in the room smoking cigarettes and they said okay everybody get out now everybody come in and we're going to shoot and uh i remember Behringer and uh mimi rogers and them talking said that almost everybody on the set got like diarrhea because of these smoke machines <laughs> So when you're watching Behringer and Mimi Rogers, and you know you're thinking, okay, he may be screwing her, but uh, it's not going to be pretty. As soon as that camera's somebody, off, he's on the shitter. Yeah, they're going to be cleaning those sheets. And Elaine Brackow was in it, and uh, she was pretty good. Uh, she has a, a big, big time New York accent, and Behringer does a New York accent too, which is pretty funny. Um, got just a couple more here. Um, Safari Three Thousand, which I've been championing. To all my friends on uh, Facebook, uh, this is a very good movie. This movie is – if you want to talk about genre cinema and something that – this movie isn't so bad that it's good. It's just good. It's just goddamn fun. And um, it stars David Carradine and Stockard Channing and uh, Christopher Lee and kind of goes with the – 
sort of Smokey and the Bandit kind of motif um, as David Carradine is a, a former stunt driver. And he is supposed to test uh, some of Christopher Lee's cars uh, for this rally in Africa. And uh, he's kind of a devil-may-care roguish guy, and uh, he doesn't really like uh, Christopher Lee. He works for him, takes his money and stuff, but he gets on the wrong side of him. Christopher Lee fires his ass, and so then he hooks up with Stalker Channing, who is a reporter, and she is going to do a story on the rally. So they pool their money together, and um, you know, after that, it's just it's just a fun movie. Has a lot of funny stuff in it. I don't think that I have seen David Carradine in anything where he looked better. He just looked cool as shit. And um, I have always been a fan of Carradine uh, since Kung Fu. Uh, that was one of my shows back when I was a kid. And uh, but I have seen him in some really terrible shit. Right. And I have seen him in some movies where I thought he was in over his head, uh, like uh, The Serpent's Egg uh, that um, – oh, shit. What's his name? Fuck. The guy who did um, all the movies with Max von Sydow. Oh. Um... Uh, director. God damn. <laughs> Fuck. I'm drawing a blank, people. Sorry, I can't help you. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up. Seconds. <sighs> Bergman. You talking about? Are you talking yeah. about the director, Ingmar Bergman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. Serpent's Egg, so. Uh, Serpent's Egg uh, is a, a very. It's one of Bergman's uh, only uh, English-speaking movies, mm-hmm. and um, he was in self. Uh, he, he put himself in exile because he was pissed off about taxes or something, um, and he made this movie. Now, he said that David Carradine. I, if I remember the like one of the quotes I read, he said that David Carradine was like one of the greatest actors he ever worked with. Hmm. And I watched that movie, and I thought that David Carradine was one of the biggest liabilities in the movie. Um, I think that he's good uh, in certain things. Um, I believe he uh, – I can't remember if Bound for Glory actually got an, an Academy Award nomination or if Carradine got an Academy Award nomination for playing Woody Guthrie in Bound for Glory. But he's been in some good stuff, But you know, and Kill Bill Volume 2 is – he was just excellent in that. But um, this movie, you know, Safari Three Thousand. If if people can find it, uh, and there are ways to find it, there there's. Um, I was looking on the on the IMDb page for it actually, and apparently there's a link right there to FanCast where you can watch the full movie online. Yeah, I think the, actually uh, Rachel from uh, Rachel on Film. Um, I think the movie might even be on YouTube too, in like about ten parts or whatever. How yeah. they do that, but it's 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 a fun movie. It really is, and. Um, I almost wanted to say that I that I like it or had more fun watching it than Smokey and the Bandit, but that's a pretty goddamn tall order, and I haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit in a long, long time. Uh, but I remember when it came out, it was really big, and it was funny. Um, next one I have – let's see. Um, I have just one more and then just a couple comments. All right. Um, the next one is Hell Up in Harlem Oh yeah. Uh, with uh, Fred Williamson. I have and seen like this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, baby. Um, hell up in Harlem uh, 
I watched it yesterday because, as I said before, I have been under the weather. And it's not uh, any kind of venereal disease or anything like that. Again, uh, that's all cleared up. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Fred Williamson, um, and I know that um, – I can't remember who it was. If it was Dusty or who it was, uh, you know, always reminds me that um, not Little Caesar, um, Black Caesar. Is Black it Black Caesar. Caesar? Yeah, yeah. Black Caesar is you know better than Hell Up in Harlem, and it's Hell Up in Harlem is a is a sequel yeah. to Black Caesar. Well, um, I will say this: that may be true, but God damn it, I'm telling you what, this movie was fun as shit. <laughs> uh, it's. The one problem that I have with some of these movies that come out like uh, Hobo with a Shotgun or, you know, like Black Dynamite and things like that, I know it's a, it's an homage right. to these, to these you know, exploitation movies and genre movies. But you have to keep in mind when, you know, when Fred Williamson and these people were making these movies back then, they weren't trying to make a shitty movie. They weren't trying to make a movie and say, oh, my God, this part's so funny because they, the guy that reads the lines is like, you know, Zach, your ambition is going to be the death of you. You know, right. They're, they're trying to do a good job and they're trying to put out something good. And, yeah, it's entertaining because some of it was, was low budget and some of the acting was pretty crap. Beer. Some of the things they did. But the movies that, that try and go out of their way to recapture that uh, – they just don't do it for me because they're they're trying to be that way, right? Right. You know, and uh, I watched this one, and like I said, I grew up watching a lot of you know these um, old black exploitation you know things with um, Richard Roundtree or um, Fred the Hammer Williamson, who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, he played in the Super Bowl, got knocked out in the Super Bowl, um, and um, Jim Brown and these guys. And I loved those movies back then, and uh, it was a different time, and uh, even back back then, we didn't watch those movies and think, "Man, this movie is funny because it sucks so bad." You watched it and thought, "God damn, you know Jim Brown or Fred Williamson, man, he's fucking cool." And um, Williamson just never looked better. He's just a cool looking dude. Uh, he shows his ass big time in this movie. <laughs> Uh, he's getting it on with his lady, his new lady, because he kicked the other one to the curb, baby, because she was a bitch. And uh, he put her in a place. He didn't kill her, though. He made a, He took her kids away from her. You know, it's like, here's this guy. He's kind of like an anti-hero. And uh, he goes and finds this bitch that betrayed him. And he says, okay, you know, me and my dad and my gang, uh, they just took her kid and said, you know, you're going to have to live with the fact that, you know, we have your kid and we're going to bring – because she was a piece of shit, you know, and they, they treated the kid good, yeah. brought brought the kid up and everything. Um, but uh, this was a good movie, and um, it did have some funny-ass shit in it. You'll enjoy um, uh, – you'll enjoy that it's good because – or so bad in parts that it's good, but uh, it's, it's – uh, I like it. I'd watch it again. It's on uh, Comcast in de- or uh, in demand, free in demand, and I've watched it a couple times. And I just happened to see it, and uh, was going to watch Coffee with Pam Greer, and I fell asleep because I feel like shit. Uh. Uh, and just to wrap it up, a um, couple things that I watched, uh, and these are going to be quickies. Um, there was a an old documentary uh, back in I think the late '60s, early '70s called Scared Straight. And they took these uh, 
kind of juvenile delinquent kids mm-hmm. uh, that had gotten in trouble, and they took them to like a maximum security prison. And they had the prisoners basically. It's a, it's a, I think a, an actual program, you know, called Scared Straight, where they take these kids and they take them to these hardcore criminals and have them talk to them and scare the shit out of them. Right. And uh, try and scare them straight. As I, why am I doing the quotation thing with my fingers? Because we can't see it. Uh, <laughs> I can see. Well, they have a show on. <laughs> they have a show on. Uh, I think it's on A and E called uh, Beyond Scared Straight. Watched that last night. It was pretty entertaining because these kids think that they're they're the shit. They think they're smart. They you know they think they have all the answers. And then you get these uh, big hard ass criminals getting in their face and saying you know uh, you just keep being bad and you keep being bad. And one of these days you're going to be in here and you're going to be my bitch and I'm going to make you do anything. I want to, and there ain't a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. And and ninety percent of them end up breaking down and are like, okay, okay, well, if I can come back, I'll be good, I'll be good. God damn I believe there's a, um, <laughs> I believe there's a Fat Albert episode where the kids do the same kind of thing, scared straight. A Fat Albert episode, <laughs> scared yes. straight. Hey, but what's going on? <laughs> you be my bitch. Um, and the last <laughs> thing I watched, and um, the one reason I like uh, cable. Is uh, on the free in demand on the uh, free HD. I got to watch, uh, get caught up on, and watch uh, several episodes of uh, Louis, the Louis C.K. Uh, his new show, Love Louis on C. FX. K. Fuck that show is so funny. <laughs> um, if you like Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you like Seinfeld, uh, if you just like funny shit, this show is so funny. I mean, I. And I had heard his name for years, but I never – I don't think I ever really saw him. Have you seen his, and, any of his stand-up? Or no. Okay. No. And, I mean, I loved it, and I'll, I'll watch it religious, lead from now on. It's, it's really and, good. I, I, his stand-up's really funny, too. Um, he's, he's written movies and stuff for a while um, and kind of does stand-up here and there. I, I, he doesn't have a ton of shows out there, but his stand-up's really funny. And he's actually, um, which is weird, he doesn't look like it. He's actually uh, from Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah, well, he was born there. I think he grew up mostly in the United States. But, yeah. I mean, and that's actually his last name, CK, but it's yeah. it's spelled out. Um, oh, okay, because I never could stuff. figure that out. I thought, I thought, okay, what's the CK stand for, you know? But it's actually, it's spelled C, like CK, and right, then he right, just right. makes it. Yeah. That show's funny, and... Um, it, w- one really funny part of it is that I can relate to a lot of the stuff that he does, how he feels, you know, just feel like shit. You know, I'm getting old and hair's falling out. I'm getting fat. Blah, blah, blah. And um, it's just, it's awesome. If, if anybody is listening or anybody ever does hear this, because this is episode zero. <laughs> Um, and I just, it just hit me as my, my rea- reality just hit me in the face. Okay. If we ever do release this episode, you people that haven't seen this, uh, seek it. Out. Seek it um, out. Yeah. And I'm in the process of watching 13 assassins. And like I said, since I have been uh, feeling kind of shitty, I'm, I'm watching it in chunks and it's pretty good. I, I like it so far, but, uh, I'm going to wrap that up because like I said, I had a big long list and a lot to talk about, but since we didn't really have like, um, we didn't really like pick two movies this time to review. You know, we we had some uh, just uh, kind of a, uh, a lot of time to think of the movies that we've been watching. So yeah. I just want to give everybody an overview, and it kind of helps us to let the people know, you know, what we like, what you know, what we don't like, and shit like that. So I will. Uh, 
turn it over to you. All right. So um, I'm going to sandwich my what I've been watching recently with uh, films that I probably should have seen and never did. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start with, and this is one that I've owned for years, never watched it. It is A Fistful of Dynamite. Um, uh, Coburn and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, really Rugged good. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I really liked it. I don't know why. It was just one of those films. I think, you know, with going, going into a Leone film, you know, you, you know, it's going to be about two hours and a half, two and a half or two, mm-hmm. uh, two and three quarters hours. And it's, it's hard sometimes to go ahead and set aside that time beforehand. <laughs> Um, yeah, which is just, I think that's why I just, there's no reason. I just, I mean, I, I love all the movies that of his that I've seen. So, and I, I mean, I liked it a lot and I thought it was, uh, really good. So I've gotten really bad about that. And I don't know if it's, it's because of our, uh, being dumbed down, uh, you know, by our media or whatever, but I, I, I really have a hard time sitting and watching a movie in like from beginning to end, unless I'm in the theater, yeah. uh, you know, I'll always get up and pause it, get food. Um, I think that's you know, part of it. The, long, the, the longer movies um, can be a chore, especially with, you know, if you watch a ton of genre movies, those things are, you know, 80, 90 minutes. So once you hit that 90 minute wall, you're just like, oh, well, what's going on? Is this movie over yet? And then you want to, you know, you want some chips. You want some. You want well, some I think it's too, you know, you just, especially at home, you got a lot of distractions and I'm always getting up, going in and looking to see if, you know, uh, you know, what's going on on Facebook, if anybody's talking or, you know, but um, instead of sitting my arse down and absorbing the film. Being a Zen master while you watch the film. Love Coburn though. I love Coburn and I love, and Rod Steiger. Let me tell you some. um, I know a lot of people in the, um, you know, our our uh, circles, and a lot of people that like cinema appreciate Rod Steiger. But you know, his name doesn't get brought up as much as it should because he's right up there with Brando and De Niro and uh, Antonio Banderas and uh, Michael Pere. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. Uh, I'm telling you what, Rod Steiger is an exceptional actor and a, a pretty weird, uh, strange, flex kind of guy in real life. Yeah, the um, and you you'll see obviously that I've totally forgotten his name, and I'm gonna do that a lot because even guys that I love, it takes me years even to remember names. I'm terrible with names. I'm terrible with movie names. It's like I'll see something, and I think I've seen that. I actually have to kind of either see parts of it again or read the description of it to even remember that. They say. I read somewhere they say that like every time you masturbate from the time you were uh, like 12 years old until your current age, you you lose like a certain amount of brain cells like every time. Jesus. So the fact that I even have the ability to speak or, you know, <laughs> have many motor skills whatsoever is amazing. Speak and ogle Kira Knightley at the same time is pretty yes. incredible. Man, I'm on a, I don't know what's up with the small boobs today, but uh, – <laughs> I just got caught up in the small boobs with Kate Hudson, Kira Knightley. Uh, and let me tell you something. If people do hear this podcast, i got a bone to pick with the gentleman from Gentleman's Guide for talking shit on Mila Jovovich, not Jovovich, Jovovich. <laughs> she is like my dream woman, and they were talking shit on her the other day. And I'm going to tell you something. It goes like this. Uh, yeah, I like big boobs. I like a nice butt. Um, but this chick 
has enamored me from the first time my mom and I went to see uh, The Fifth Element. Uh, <laughs> and the girl has no boobs. She has no butt. But I still just fucking think she's fantastic. And I'm not talking about as an actress or anything. Just I love her personality, love the smile. And those guys, there's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be hell up in Harlem when I come up there to Toronto. We'll uh, we'll we'll get them with a uh, what was the midnight midnight express move called the uh, the rocket launcher? Yeah, the rocket launcher. Now, of course, you know you're going to be the one that gets thrown off onto. Yeah, wait, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Oh well, I guess. I mean, you're the you're the big dude of us. I'm bit. My, you can my, do it, man. My belly might keep me from uh, having good aerodynamics, but you got to stretch, stretch the stash out like his wings, <laughs> and then just glide down. I might sail over then. I need, I, that will uh, decrease the impact, man. I need to tape down the uh, the handlebars so I can uh, sl- glide through the air a little easier. Oh, speaking of wrestling, actually, the uh, I watched uh, the <laughs> Rise and Fall of WCW, the WWE little documentary. Um, I, I like those little things. A lot of them are on Netflix Instant right now, and uh, it was. Um, I mean, I, being a re- if you're a wrestling fan, especially someone my age, you probably know a lot of these kinds of things they talk about. They they have ones about. You know, there was one about Bobby the Brain Heenan, which I, I thought was really interesting. I didn't know a lot of that one, but you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and and Bret Hart and. And all those guys. Um, this one was about the, how WCW and it, you know it touches on Mid Atlantic and it touches on um, you know when WCW first I guess started when Ted Turner took over and really blew up and then all through the NWO years and stuff. And you know I was I, I was watching wrestling then so I was familiar with it. But it was still kind of cool to revisit it, even though that even though uh, Doc Hendricks, as uh, Zom likes to call him, uh, Michael Hayes, had. Uh, Oh, just looks fucking terrible. This is, yeah. uh, he just looks like he's melting with his dumbass little goatee and his mullet that should have died about 20 years ago. <laughs> the the sad part of, of all that is, is um, time has unfortunately moved on and moves on so quickly that there are kids today that if you said something about like the NWO, they wouldn't have any idea what you're talking uh, about, you know, so and, and you know, because uh, it, it uh, it's like when you tell – I told somebody one time a long time ago uh, when Sammy Hagar was the lead singer for Van Halen. I said, yeah, David Lee Roth was the original lead singer of Van Halen. And this young oh. younger guy said, what? What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> and no. that's how – you say something about like uh, uh, Hall and Nash and the NWO or whatever. And some of these ones that are like you know, CM Punk, I, I don't know a lot of the guys. I turn it on now and I know some of the – guys that are on there now but there's a but there's a lot of them that i don't even know because i kind of got out of it um but i will say it does all tie in back into even if you're not a rathlin' fan baby this conversation ties back into the cinema because as i said before wrestling has a close association with cinema and uh wwe uh has been putting out some uh uh some I, I want to say some shitty movies uh, with Kurt Angle and uh, or, you know there, there's uh, Kane and Kurt Angle have been in a movie. Oh, yeah. I watched uh, Kevin Nash in a in a uh, uh, sci-fi movie about Thor and he played Odin. So yeah, you you still have some uh, cinema action going on oh, here. Yeah. So don't lose track of us, baby. We're not we're not leaving out the people that don't know about wrestling. <laughs> Never. Um, the um, I, we, our first episode, actually, when that comes out, it will be um, 
little little taste of that uh, wrestling in cinema as well. So little little okay. teaser there. So um, let's see. Oh, another one that I thought I had never seen and was ashamed of it um, that I watched about a week ago was uh, Time Bandits, and um, it, the way it starts, and I, I'm sure most people that would listen to this have seen it, but with the, the the kid and his little guy friends running down the hallway with that weird glowing head after them. As I'm watching that, it, it, it I was having that weird deja vu feeling like, I feel like I've seen this before. And I showed it to my wife and she's like, I don't know. She didn't re- recognize it. And as the movie goes on, it's, there's more and more. And then finally, there's a part where they're riding in a boat on a big fat dude's bald head. <laughs> and it came back to him. I was like, I've seen this so many times because I remember the scene, spoiler alert, when they uh, inject the bald dude with the sleeping potion with the little – what are those things called you, like, blow the fire with? You, it, you know what I'm talking about, the little accordion-looking thing. They inject the sleeping yeah, yeah, yeah. potion into the into the dude's head, and it, it all came back to me. And I remember every single bit after that. It was like that – that one little chunk I needed to just unlock this memory of this movie. And I don't know where I saw it, if I had it on VHS, if I just saw it on TV or what, but I had probably seen this movie 20 times and just didn't um, realize have you it, seen it. Have you seen anything else uh, by Terry Gilliam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 12 Monkeys and... Um, yeah. Brazil? You see Brazil? Brazil, yeah, Brazil. And I, I think I've seen most of them. I saw the one with the, the last one with Heath Ledger, the um, Dr. Parnassus. Um, I never saw. I never saw that one. Is that the one where they they had to like finish it with other people? Yeah, and it, it ended up part? being a cool a cool way to to do it. Yeah. Um, to the way they explained it, I, I thought the movie was really good. Yeah. I don't know. I, it wasn't really good. It looked really good, which is I guess yeah. on par with Gilliam. But um, that one was a little slow for me. Um, my wife totally yeah. sl- she totally slept through it. But you know, I mean, I've seen the Monty Python movies and. Yeah. And, well, uh, I mean, he's like an acquired taste because I know some people that that you know, like that don't like his shit, and yeah. I do. I mean, I really like Brazil, and uh, you know, Twelve Monkeys. I really liked it, and uh, this movie has a you know just a hell of a cast, mm-hmm. and anything with Sean Connery in it is uh, good with me, dear. I, I need to I need to revisit. There's one of his I need to revisit was Fear and Loathing. Yeah, I just watched that not too long ago. When I when I saw that, I saw it when it came out originally, not in the theater, but on video. Mm-hmm. And oh god, I fucking hated it. And I don't know why yeah. exactly. I don't remember why I hated it, but just all these years, I've just you know. It's well, they they that... they do a little homage to that in uh, Rango. Have you seen that? I didn't see Rango. Yeah, because uh, Johnny Depp, of course, is in that, or you know, one of the is is Rango, and so they do a little, uh, just a little quick, you know, uh, wink. To that movie in right, there. Right. Um, that movie was. I'm like you. The first time I saw it, I thought, eh. it's it's hard to. Um, it's hard to uh, to me to adapt something like that to um, to the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the one with Peter Weller? Uh, God, I can't even remember who the writer was. And the guy was he was like a big. Uh, uh, you know, experimented with drugs and everything, and uh, but and he would have all these visions of you know alligator people. Oh, oh, walking. um, no, uh, it was a uh, 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 naked lunch. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, naked the, lunch. Yeah, the and and, it, and it's hard to 
especially if you're not familiar, like the first time I saw Fear and Loathing, I wasn't familiar with Hunter S. Thompson or anything. And I watched it and I was like, what the fuck? Is, this is just like, you know, they try and try and show you uh, the, the rea- or not the reality, but what the people are seeing through the eyes of someone who's on peyote or on right, right. You know, drugs and hallucinogens and stuff like that. So it's just a really crazy mess. Uh, uh, where the you, Buffalo run was pretty good with Bill Murray, but it was, you know, it was kind of not great, but it was all right. Let me, let me tell you what a disappointment Naked Lunch is for a 14-year-old really? boy that goes, <laughs> that goes into the video store and sees, like, a giant roach on the on the video box, or the, maybe it was the dude with the typewriter head. I can't remember which, which video box it was. Um, and with the name Naked Lunch, and you're like, oh, it's rated R. We're going to see some movies. <laughs> We put it in, and oof! Oh wow, we we were not we didn't know what to expect, obviously. So, and I, that's another one that I haven't seen since uh, video days. So, I, that one I need to give a second chance as well. So, um, anyway, moving on. The uh, <laughs> well, I guess I can mention this one. I watched the. I've been talking about this to people for the last week, but I watched big this wet na- asses. The, well, the yeah, big wet asses and this National Geographic. Um, little documentary on instant called ultimate crocodile. And it's about these saltwater crocodiles and they're pretty incredible, uh, little, well, not little giant, um, mm-hmm. predators. If you guys have an hour to waste, look for this thing. It's called ultimate crocodile. It's incredible. These things, what's what's going on. They got, they got like solar panels on their backs and a four chamber heart, which is unheard of for reptiles. And, and their heart can actually move oxygenated blood to different parts of their body to make them like, you know, puts it to their tail and their face. So when they're getting ready to attack something, yeah. that's the part, that's the muscles that get the most blood. So yeah. it's pretty crazy. But that's anyway, cool. it was, it was a neat little was, documentary. I was uh, down at the, uh, the big alligator thing, alligator crocodile place down in Myrtle beach this summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are amazing. And, and, you know, when you're walking around and you're just, and you're, um, you know, they're just laying there. You're kind of like, hey, you know, okay, just laying around. Uh, go when they're feeding them. It's a lot more fun because they, <laughs> yeah. they can come up out of that water like you. I mean, they look like they jump somehow out of the water with their tail or something. And Yeah, they their, get ta- some their, their tail has uh, most of the muscle, and uh, that's kind of it's, – it's, it's, it's amazing, though, the, the way they've evolved over the years. The, they're you know, basically like the sharks of the land. Yeah, it's like they've, I they've saw something one time, and they said um, – like the uh, the calcified uh, scales and bones, or not bones, but the, their backs get those big calcified things on them. And they said you could shoot one of them in the back with a 12 gauge shotgun, almost like at point blank range, and it and it would just bounce off. Wow, you know. So don't fuck with a gator don't or a crocodile. It's like if you're on the golf course, uh, go the other way. <laughs> My closest to that is seeing a a um, snapping turtle on a golf course. Oh man, those things! Those things are scary as shit. The big ones. I don't. I don't play a lot of golf. I don't do a lot of action except for walking to the door to leave and then walking back to the couch when I come home. But right before on the day I got married, I went and played eighteen holes of golf for the first time ever. I shot about a two hundred and saw a snapping yeah. turtle. So, um, yeah, I don't like things where you you just um, you hit this stupid ass ball and it either goes like. Um, Five million miles to the right or five million miles to the left, and you just have okay. Now you got to go out and just practice and practice and practice just to try and get the fucking thing to go straight. You know, give me a goddamn break. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, fuck that shit. Fuck. Okay. 
I'm uh, I'm gonna move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched uh, Shoot Fighter, Fight to the Death, which is uh, I have it on VHS. It, it has Bolo Young, it has the Zabka, and it has the Martin Cove. All together in one movie. Zabka and Cove, obviously, from Karate Kid. And Bolo Young, obviously, from Giant Boobs and uh, Jean-Claude fame. This is a um, pretty beat-up little tape I have, but it was it was okay. It was, uh, I think, early 90s and a lot uh, gorier, I guess, than I thought it would be. Um, I can't even remember the main dude's name. It ends up being about this other guy that looked like he could have been the Green Ranger on Power Rangers with his stupid little ponytail. <laughs> but... Um, I wish there was more Bolo, obviously. And it always seems like these movies um, that Bolo's in, I don't know if it's because he doesn't speak English that well or what, but he never seems to be stay up front. Um, he's always more of a supporting character, even when he's that, a main is guy. Is that William Zabka? Yeah, the Zabka. William Zabka? Yeah. Zabka. Zabka. And he ends up being kind of like Johnny from... Spoiler alert, he kind of ends up being like the asshole Johnny from uh, from Karate Kid in this <laughs> as well. So, um, nice. I watched Llamas in Snake Eater. Zama and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, I don't know which I liked better, the uh, shirtless Llamas with the snake belt buckle or his Harley Davidson jet ski. Both were pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Llamas. That is on instant, so I encourage a one and all with Netflix to run out and check that one out. Um, if you like poorly acted uh, redneck cinema, um, let's see. I went to the Dollar <laughs> Fifty Theater, which I hate the Dollar Fifty Theater. Let me first say that because it is kind of gross. It is always crowded, and <laughs> um, but I saw X Men First Class. Um, ah, it was. I guess better than I thought it was going to be. And I'm kind of an apologist for comic book movies. Um, right. it, it definitely made me want to read some more X-Men stuff, but I know, I know they, you know, they take a little Liberty with these X-Men movies as far as, as far as like character origins and stuff, which I'm fine with, whatever. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that are like, Oh, it wasn't like the book. It's no good. So you can be whatever you want. Sure I don't really give a shit. But, um, I thought the, uh, um, the two, let's see, Professor X, the McElvoy, and um, Fastbender. Fastbender, yeah, they uh, they were really good. Um, did you yeah. see it? Yeah, yeah. I um, I liked um, the Magneto Professor X stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and both of, both of the, those actors, uh, their parts were were the best part of the whole movie. Oh, definitely. Uh, the, the, the you know, Bacon was, was good. Yeah, the teenager stuff it, was was brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like the movie, but that part they could have cut off probably about twenty minutes mm-hmm. or more, or just you know I know it was about them you know kind of uh, fi- or founding the the X Men where they you know have to take the young mutants and teach them. Right. But yeah, that that stuff was pretty brutal. They could have just did um, um, uh, Professor X, Magneto, and Sebastian Shaw and the uh, the uh, Hellfire Club and. Um, even with that, um, like January Jones, yeah. I mean, she she's very attractive, but man, she sucked. And uh, <laughs> the girl from the, uh, as I was watching it, I forgot that the girl from the lead from Winter's Bone 
uh, was playing uh, Mystique. And then, you know, because I really liked it. Winter's Bone. It's fucking excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, they could have they shaved off quite a bit of that movie uh, and saved it for, like, the, maybe the sequel. Sure. Uh, there was a lot of it that was pretty brutal. The um, um, There were some really weird choices in the movie when they um, – I don't understand. Uh, what, what was the what's the director's name? He did kick ass. Uh, oh shit! I can't remember. Anyway, the um, some really bizarre choices. Like a good example is when the Kevin Bacon's given this whole like monologue speech to the new recruit guys, and he says something mm. about being put into slavery, and the camera turns immediately to this black guy and just lingers on his face as he's talking about this. I'm like, what? Why? What is that? I mean, uh, it, it didn't show anybody. And then another scene when they're putting this like tape X on a mannequin for uh, havoc to kind of do target practice, and Beast just right. like, grabs her tit and just like lingers there. There's <laughs> a lot of little things like that in the movie. I'm just like, what? that hadn't. There was no reason for it. It was really weird. So he was a beast down yeah. deep too. And his uh, makeup Matthew, was Matthew some Ball. of the worst I've seen in yeah, a long time. That was- that was horrible. He looked. He looked. I don't know how to explain. Uh, almost uh, fucking cartoonish looking, uh, like a goddamn stuffed animal. Or something. Was, I don't it know. Really, it's weird. Um. So yeah, but it, it was an okay movie overall. I mean, I didn't hate it or anything. It's it's not a buy for me, but yeah. So. Anyway, uh, let's see. I went to. Uh, I, I do work at the cinema. For anybody that didn't know that, and um, we show a lot of independent and Bollywood films. So you might hear me talk about some shitty Bollywood films. But I did go and see um, a, a, a Welsh movie called Submarine a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, the director of Submarine, let's see, Richard. I don't. I can't pronounce his name. A y o a d e. Um, mm-hmm. submarine was cool. It's, uh, I think I said, already said it's a Welsh movie, but kind of a coming of age story, but it's real quirky. Like I got a, like kind of a, uh, Wes Anderson feel out of it at times. It's not as, it's not cool. as like period, but out of place like Wes mm-hmm. Anderson does. Um, I think it might even take place in the eighties. They never really say as far as I saw, but, um, yeah. It was really cool. I, I liked it a lot. I was surprised. I, I don't know if I was surprised because some people I work with said they really liked it. Um, I think a younger audience will relate to it a little better. Um, got a killer soundtrack, and um, but definitely worth checking out. It looks like it came out in t- 2010, but we just got it. In the United States, didn't get it until June of this year. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but yeah, I dig the Wes Anderson, so I'll have to. Yeah. I'll, I'll add that to my list. Like I said, it's not as quirky as a Wes Anderson film, but it's definitely um, – Definitely has a different kind of vibe. Um, I revisited Fight Club on Blu-ray. That I can't talk about it though. Can't talk about it, so we'll move on. Um, no, it, it's a uh, still holds up. I think I, I still like it a lot. Um, the um, there's a there's a website out there called Fan Edit, and um, mm-hmm. somebody on that website has made a cut of this movie that takes out all of Edward Norton's uh, narration. <laughs> mm-hmm. So apparently makes a completely like different movie experience, but you know, Fight Club, everybody's seen that. I, when, when I went saw that in the theater originally, it was kind of a a gag. I was on, we were me and this guy were on the way back. Um, we had been hanging out in um, in Atlanta with some friends, and we were driving back mm-hmm. towards uh, the Triangle area here in North Carolina, and uh, decided on the way back that we we're going to go see Fight Club. And uh, we didn't know anything about it except that Brad Pitt was in it and that 
it was called Fight Club, which was sounded like a really dumb name. Neither one of us knew about the book or anything like mm-hmm. that. So we go in, and we're just like – I, re- I remember clearly sitting there waiting for the movie to start, and we just kept leaning to each other saying, Fight Club, and we'd laugh. And about <laughs> about two, two minutes into the movie – when Edward Norton's talking about the taste of the gun in his mouth and everything, I remember my friend leaning over to me and he said, dude, this movie rolls. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I still feel the same way. That's a you know, great dust brother soundtrack and it was a neat movie. So this was another one I, I saw with my mom. You saw that with your mom. That's wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw that fifth element and I can't remember what else, but, um, uh, my dad, it's kind of like one of these people. It's like hey, I'm not going to see no goddamn fucking movie. And so I, my mom would go to anything because she'd be like, just wanted to get out of the house, you know. And I'd be like, well, mom, there's nothing really playing that you like. She goes, I don't care, just pick something. So we went to see Fight Club, and and the part where, um, um, oh my god, the part where <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt and. Uh, uh, Marla are having sex and she rolls off of him and they're both sweating like pigs and she says, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> that, I, was, yeah. I was just like, oh my god. Um, I've got to go get some popcorn. And because we are like a linear and we like to tie things together in this podcast, it's kind of people are going to be. Um, <laughs> Uh, Marla was another stinky a girl, another girl that looked kind of like she might stink. That I wanted to screw. <laughs> uh, I could see that. Yeah, she yeah. was. Uh, she was cuter in the late '90s, early 2000s than she is now. It was kind, oh, of, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. kind of a dated look with the Bjork. Well, so was I. You, know? you were a dated look. Um, yeah, guy. And Fox. I and I, pr- I do not stink right now. I do. I've got a, nice a shower. Whoosh. I smell like I smell yeah. like ass. So. Um, let's like see. a man. <laughs> uh, I watched. Real man. I watched Semi Pro. Uh, let's see. It was okay. Um, I watched. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Oh, I think I lost you. Hang on one second. I'm gonna fill in here. Um, Semi Pro was. Um, it, it was better than I Will thought Ferrell. it was going to be. There was some funny. Yeah, Will Ferrell. There was some funny, funny bits. Definitely. Um, I had some friends tell me that they loved it, but I think they may have been under a different "quote unquote" frame of mind when they saw it. So that, that and which Step Brothers, let me say, is a much better movie in that state of mind. So I would imagine that uh, Semi Pro might be the same way. So I might need to revisit. Nah, I didn't like Step Brothers either. I'll see. Yeah, the um, I, well, I, Farrell I, just uh, he he just he doesn't do it for me. He doesn't. I don't know. I, I I went through after I saw Anchorman. Originally, I I hated it, and uh, that's heresy to some people. But it, it took me a few years, and I think it was just seeing Will Ferrell. Like it was uh, online. He did these little vignettes online where he was. And they're worth looking out. I can't even remember. He did one. He did White House West, and it was uh he was playing George Bush, and he was talking about mending fences, and he was using like a sledgehammer to bang on the top of a fence, and it was really funny. And yeah. he did these other. Little... I don't mind him like that, and the the, uh, the laugh or die thing. Some of that stuff's all right. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. you know, when he was on the Office here recently, I was just like everybody's like, "Oh, Will Ferrell's going to be on the Office. He might be the new uh, manager of the Office when Steve Carell leaves." And I watched. It, I was like, "Man, I'm telling you what. If, if that's the case, and I watched the episodes, I was like, yeah. I won't watch it. I I just he's just not my kind of it wasn't thing. It wasn't that wasn't my favorite. I, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of that one, but I you know. 
uh, of the office episodes that is, but he's grown on me a little bit more yeah. and I'm go I've gone back and revisited some of his stuff and I, I like him. I think I might, it might be like a roller coaster relationship I have from now on with Will Ferrell. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I watched uh, a movie called T force, a PM entertainment movie with Darren McBee. Um, mm-hmm. kind of a, a melding of universal soldier and Terminator. And it happened right around that time, but it, it, it's it's a good cheesy like direct to video kind of movie. So if you guys can ever track it down, it's worth. Is that um, the, is that an American movie? Yeah, well, or I you know, I mean, uh, it's a, a Jack Scalia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's like okay, yeah, Scalia. That ties in with the uh, Fear City uh, thing uh, because Scalia was uh, Tom Berenger's partner in the strip joint uh in um fear city but um yeah it said finish it's a finnish movie oh uh you'd never know it I really think. from the movie like everybody speaks english yeah. in the movie so okay. um uh, i watched for the first time well completed for the first time dead alive um outside the cinema was covering it this past week so i finally sat down and watched it. it's on instant as well and i was really impressed i mean considering that you know it's mm. it's pretty low budget but it's a the gore is hilarious so have you seen that one oh. no i never yeah. even heard of it dead alive with yeah the peter jackson Maybe, am I, I might be ashamed yeah you should go go nah, watch oh you don't nah. have instant anymore right no nah. uh not as we speak okay. but uh it'll probably be coming back well um, peter jackson yep peter jackson but lord of the rings fame so yeah so uh so finally we'll get to the uh the bone that Zom had to pick with me. Um I watched it this morning. Uh it is Michael Pare in Streets of Fire. It's um yeah. I don't know why I'd never seen this before. Um I have no reason. Um I like Walter Hill. I've seen a lot of his films, but I've never, I had never even heard of this, and I'd never even heard that's of Michael Pare. <laughs> that's that's how the subject came up. You, when I mentioned Michael Pare, and uh, um, you you said that you know who's that, and I at first I thought you were joking, and then you know when I of course the you know the two main movies that you know he's known for, and I mentioned them, and you were like, I've never heard of them, I don't know, and I'm like, are you? Are you fucking <laughs> fucking with me? I'm not. A- A Streets of Fire so, <laughs> and Eddie and the Cruisers. Never seen either one. But you've heard the music. I have heard the music, which is the song that you heard coming back from the break. Um, Dream About You, and I don't remember the guy's name that sang it, but um, yeah. It was so, like Stoney Jackson was the, or the one that uh, did it in the movie. He, he was the one that was acting like he was singing it. But um, I can't remember who they um, – and it sounds like uh, – if I remember correctly, was that – it wasn't like Rick Isley or something? No, it was um, – ah, I could look it up. It was um, – I don't know. It's going to take me a minute to look it up. But I, yeah. I, 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 I've, I grew up listening – well, not grew up, but I was already near a teenager probably when I heard that song, but – the uh, I remember that song from being a kid. It played on the radio all the time, and uh, I had no idea it was from a movie. So, and um, Diane Lane was very hot in the movie. Um, oh my God, yes. Jesus H. Fucking Christ! And I really, <laughs> she was hot. 
when I was watching this, I got <laughs> I got kind of a um, almost like a uh, dark city feel. I know it's not they're not anywhere near the same kind of movie, but it seemed like Streets of Fire was filmed on a set, just like um, a lot of dark city felt artificial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, well, it was kind of like a like an out of time, like you said with like Wes Anderson. Yeah. You know, like with the cars and stuff, the cars are like from the fifties, but it's not like I don't think it's supposed to be set in in like the fifties in the United States or anything like that. It's in a different time. It was like uh, a, it, 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 it felt like the, if David Lynch if David Lynch did an action movie. Right, right. Because I got a um, like a, it, a, it's a uh, go ahead. No, go, go, go. No, I was gonna say it's like a um, um, blue, a blue Valentine. No, not blue Valentine. A blue velvet kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it definitely is, and and uh, it's like they created their own universe, you know, f- for the whole thing. And uh, uh, you see a lot of uh, you know pretty cool people in there. Now, if I remember correctly, and I don't know if you recognize the one song. Um, um, that Ellen Aim did it was a it was a uh, like a radio hit too. That the the one that I played is the only one I recognize. But that okay. said, the soundtrack is really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess some Lori Sargent was the one that did the Ellen Aim uh, singing voice, and Winston Ford, it says, was uh, the singing voice for Stony Jackson. Hmm. You know, so I I, 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 I was impressed. I didn't yeah. know what to expect going in. I just was chastised for not knowing Michael Prey. I still don't. I, I don't recognize him from anything else. Uh, but um, I will be I will be watching uh, Eddie and the Cruisers very shortly, and I'll have to report back on my experience with that. Well, you do have to admit, after seeing this movie, that Tom Cody was, a one bad stud moved in my neighborhood. <laughs> it was, and the, the girl that was dancing, that was kind of stripping dancing, uh, this was, I uh, remember they made a big deal of this, uh, was... Um, the girl who did uh, all the dancing in Flashdance. I I knew I recognized that mm-hmm. those legs and ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, the his his gun in that movie is hysterical. He has like it looks like an old uh, rifle from the westerns, but that thing yeah. is like a flamethrower. It's like he it's whatever <laughs> he shoots at will just either flying to the fly into the air or burst into flames or both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and, uh, like I said, I mean, you got some, like, uh, you have a, a deadly doll, f- uh, favorite Rick Moranis in that, uh, Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton. uh, you know, Rick, yeah. Rick Rosevich from, um, uh, uh, the homoerotic, uh, legendary movie Top Gun, uh, Amy Madigan, uh, Willem Dafoe as Raven Shattuck. And, uh, what, what did you think of his apparel, his uh, clothing? I kind of want a shiny pair of, uh, short topped overalls i think those yeah, were uh, pretty fancy pretty snappy they were like latex uh uh chest waders that you'd wear fishing <laughs> like some s&m person it did it looked like he was getting ready to go out and uh, clean a sewer so what so what were you saying about uh about um leaving yeah 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 uh he was uh he was uh Raven Shattuck, he was uh, Willem Dafoe's second in command. Oh, right, He's right. been in a lot of freaking movies, and uh, he was also a um, what's MD forty five, uh, and uh, the the uh, punk ba- uh, band Fear. He was the lead singer for that. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think what people would have seen him in. 
Uh, Black Moon Rising, Streets of Fire, The Wildlife, Flashdance, Get Crazy. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but he's pretty cool. If you see his face, you'll know who he is. Um, but he was a pretty cool guy, and he punched Rick Moranis in the face, which was which was awesome. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Emily. The uh, the the Willem Dafoe gang was pretty funny. I, I had a total cruising flashback as he blows an air horn and. 8,000 uh, leather daddies all simultaneously yeah. show up. Um, and you know there was some fisting going on there because, <laughs> you know, they they kidnapped Ellen Aim, but, you know, they didn't really, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not saying that, like, being, like, a psychopath or anything, but if I kidnapped Ellen Aim, you know, I, Ellen Aim was fucking hot, and they just kind of, like, just, you know, they, they kidnapped her just to kidnap her, but uh, I think that there were some, uh, some uh, lubed-up fists uh, and they didn't have time for, you know, uh, hot broads. Uh, and uh, let me tell you something also. Amy Madigan, uh, not the most feminine uh, feminine chick in the world in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 she's one of those people that I recognize and I'm not sure what from. Um, Isn't she Ed Harris's wife? Is she? Yeah, I think so. I don't even know. Um, let's see. I'm looking at her IMDb. Um Oh, Gone Baby Gone. Okay. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know. um, yeah. And her her husband Pollock. is Ed Harris. She played Peggy Guggenheim in Pollock. Yes. Oh, man. You know what? Let me tell you something. I know we're, we're getting off the beaten path, but, you know, uh, the movie Pollock, I loved it. I loved that movie. That's a cool movie. And, uh, yeah, uh, Ed Harris, I think he directed it, too too and kudos to him you know that was that was an excellent portrayal and uh marcia gay harden is his wife in that which is phenomenal if you have not seen the little documentary um who the blank is jackson pollock i would recommend yeah it. was that the one about the the truck driver woman that yeah. filmed the painting that yeah that she bought yeah, for like 25 bucks it. that was really good so yeah. anyway, oh wow that's way off way off course there so um, yeah, we're going. we're going. Yeah, so I watched that this morning. Um, next stop will be um, Eddie and the Cruiser, so I'll have to report back to you. But um, that's all I've been watching. And, and uh, Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire was actually supposed – it was planned that it was going to be a um, a trilogy. They, I guess they were going to you know, you know go off and follow Tom Cody and – and uh, and do that, and then it didn't. It it, it gained a cult like status yeah. uh, after you know a long time. And now, I mean, you know, the only person in the United States, continental uh, Americas, that hadn't seen it was uh, Pickleloaf. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the uh, yeah, now I almost wish that. Um, well, at the time, I wish that it would have taken off, and they could have done some sequels. But this would be something that. Uh, Somebody could uh, maybe do a uh, graphic novel or a comic about where they could, you know, follow Tom Cody around kicking some ass and uh, just a, the the guy, uh, one of my favorite characters because he was just it was like a throwback to uh, an old western hero, yeah. you know, the strong silent type guy, and you know, man, he he was just the coolest of the fucking cool. And uh, when uh, when he walked into his sister's like diner and the the, the assholes were in there, I mean. He didn't flinch. He didn't, you know, he didn't waver at all. He didn't even think twice. And I mean, he just fucking beat their asses. And you knew, and I think Raven knew too, that, uh, look, uh, you know, okay, this is one guy, 
but uh, uh, I'm not sure what to, to think of this guy because this guy, I've got like all these fucking uh, leather bear, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, leather boys behind me. And we're this bad motorcycle gang and everything. And here's this guy, but this guy's like, fucking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think he might, he's like, I finally found someone who likes to play as rough as I do. And I was like, <laughs> and Willem Dafoe, man, that fucking hair and shit oh, in there. It was what, defying was, gravity. That thing was crazy. Oh, he was fucking awesome. But uh, <laughs> I, I just, I'm gushing right now. I have a little little bit of pee coming out of the end of my wiener right now. <laughs> Just thinking about this movie, I gotta watch it. Are you sure that's pee? Well, it's a little pre. Uh, well, let's. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh, wait oh, a also on instant. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's just pee. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, I guess we can wrap this up. Um, that was all. Wrap it up, baby. Um, so hopefully this will get out to the mess at some point. We went on, we went on really long there with what we were watching, but um, episode zero is now coming to a close. This is uh, our prequel episode, if you will. Um, we do want to thank um, Gentleman's Guide, Outside the Cinema, oh. all our all our buddies in podcast world. Um, uh, uh, sorry, Sammy has been a great help. Uh, will has been a great help for. Um, trying to get this stuff off the ground. It's been a long and arduous task getting the technical <laughs> stuff figured out. I, I know I've been driving Zom crazy. Uh, no, 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 no. The, uh, we have a conversation from February where we were trying to get this going, and finally now here in August we have finally recorded something. I finally just had to give up and buy the uh, buy the hard equipment. Um, it's finally got the setup. I think it sounds pretty good. So, uh, But, yeah, thanks – Thanks to uh, the guys from Gentleman's Guide, and thanks to Chris and Bill, um, Bill in particular, who has given me some advice on um, recording and such. And um, yeah, so the uh, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, just um, really, like I said before, uh, and I'll say this over and over and over again. Um, really glad that uh, all this great technology came along and. Uh, you know, Facebook and uh, Google Plus and Twitter and everything, because it's brought a lot of uh, a lot of us together that we probably would have never met, never known each other, and uh, now we have the ability. Some 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 of you guys uh, out there, I talk to probably more than I talk to my own family, uh, and have become really great friends with a lot of you. And uh, hopefully, um, and I'm holding out hope that the loaf. Might still there might be a glimmer that he might be able to show up at Whorehound. Um, I'm hoping of all hopes that I will be able to be there because um, I know a lot of the our good friends are going to be there and I want to be able to uh, meet all of them yeah. and give them a big hug, baby. A big bear hug. So, big uh, bear hug. Big leather daddy bear hug. And I'm bringing a big thing of lard and two big fists. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you got, we, we have a website up. Hopefully we're going to have uh, stuff being posted there. Uh, silva and gold.com all spelled out. Um, let's see. We have a feedback email, silva gold podcast at gmail.com. You can give us voicemail two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred, And, uh, hopefully we're going to show up on iTunes too, after we figure all this shit out. So, um, I guess that's it for episode zero, and um, we'll talk to you guys next time.